Oh, hey, Lux. Or Mariah. Mariah. Hey, Mariah. Mm-hmm. How am I still not used to that? Probably shouldn't have changed <laughs> my name mid season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James Landoff, the Dungeon Master, a.k.a. Mr. Mayor. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and I play Mirai. Hi, I'm Mike, and I play Marcus. I'm Casey, and I play B. I'm Ethan, and I play Zephyr. Howdy, my name is Max, and I play Lorian, the Azamar Paladin. Now, roll that recap. Last time you guys sa- saved the world 
you you actually saved the world like no no joke though i think it might have been like a hard decision for some of you um you you did ultimately decide that nicholas needed to be stopped and indeed he was you guys headed to ellie's afterward because she mentioned she could set you guys up in her magnificent mansion and you guys partied very hard after that uh we sort of see your characters over the course of the remainder of the summer the the summer is winding down college is getting ready to start courses again and we'll start with marcus i guess marcus there's a couple of things he'd want to take care of the first thing would be he wants to make sure that b doesn't worry about schooling and her finances related to that so he would probably go to scribbles script scribble he'd go over to scribble to have him forward a document pretty much saying that B's tuition has been paid in full at the beginning of her freshman year. Oh my god. Sorry, this is not my time. It would definitely be a hefty price to pay, however, not nearly as much as having to pay for, you know, full tuition. So you you go to Scribble and make that arrangement and he will begin forging her her documents excellent he would also want to talk with speechless about kind of restarting the assassin's guild with kind of like a a new direction of things yeah uh i'd say you could probably find her in her her usual bar uh the bunker she's probably at the bar still like sipping on a drink you walk in expecting to find her and she's there gives you an up nod as you as you come in marks would return the up nod and order a couple of fingers of whiskey and then he sit down next to her so there's a bit of silence after a moment or two she'll reach into her pocket and pull out a immovable rod. <laughs> of course you would. Oh. Found this in the ruined district. That have something to do with you guys? Um, you, you know, I may have lost one something that's uh, strikingly similar to that one. She hands it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he looks at it and goes, well, I already bought a replacement. Do you want it? Yeah, I'll take it. And she like crabs it back. <laughs> How's life been treating you? Well, I mean, it's better than where I was. To be fair, anything was better than where you were. Food's a lot better here, actually. <laughs> I have something I want to talk to you about. What is it? Well, you were a part of the Assassin's Guild and Klaus was trying to reform it. Since he's no longer able to, I was thinking about pursuing that. Would you want to join me? She squints her eyes. 
Klaus. He's gone then? Yeah. <laughs> Takes a sip from her glass. Well, I don't know if you know this, Marcus, but I've never actually killed anyone. Oh, that's good, because I don't expect you to kill anyone. She gives you an inquisitive look. Well, deception is the name of the game. And certain people sometimes need to be killed. Sometimes certain people just need to disappear. It'd be very beneficial for an assassin to have someone of your skill set. She, she thinks about it. She probably does a deep reevaluation of her, her life and, and shrugs. If you were to consider this position, you would have to know that the way the guild would operate would be a little bit different than maybe it has before. For each contract we take, the guild would do research into who, what, when, and where so that we have a full image of what is actually going on. And we would uh, we would sometimes have to make a judgment call. And that's where you would come in. Yeah, so as, as when you said, like, it'll be run a little differently, she, she scoffed and she, she nods. She's like, well, I appreciate you trying to do better than they did, at least. As long as I don't have to kill anyone. All right. And he would look at her and go, you don't have to kill anyone you don't want to. Yeah, she smirks. Well, I haven't ever wanted to actually kill anyone before. Have you, Marcus? Wanted to? No. Mostly just by necessity. Who knows? Maybe that'll change for me, too, but uh, we'll see. Okay. I have a favor to ask of you. A favor that's not giving you your immovable rod back or joining the Assassin's Guild? No, no. The, I appreciate the returning of the rod, but that didn't, I have replaced it. It wasn't really a favor to bring you into the Guild. That was really more of an offer. This is a favor where I ask you if you'd be willing to help me break into a god's domain. Uh, a what? The goddess of secrets. She has a domain. I intend to seek and carry her favor. And I can't think of a better way to show her that we are worthy of her favor than by entering her domain through means that she may not expect. The Assassin's Guild isn't going to survive much longer you making judgment calls like this. <laughs> Either we go in there and she does whatever gods do with things they find in their domain that aren't supposed to be there or you can see she's just like mulling it over. She's nodding. She's like, if it makes you feel better, I've got a scroll that'll get me there. I just need somebody 
with a certain aptitude, turn it on for me. She'll outreach her hand and you got a deal. Marcus takes her hand. Excellent. You let me know when you're ready to make a surprise call and we'll go from there. Uh, she turns back to the bar, grabs her drink and downs it, turns the glass upside down and stands up. About as good as ever, I guess. <laughs> what about you, Chief? And she'll look at the bar and you'll see this little, little tiny gerbil sort of just like chilling there, making squeaking sounds. <laughs> he is, of course, invited. Uh, with that, Marcus would down his drink and say, all right, no time like the present. And uh, she'll she'll pick up Chief, put him on her shoulder, open her hand for the, the scroll. Uh, he'd take the scroll out of his bag and give it to her. Uh, she unfurls it, kind of like looks it over and begins tracing her hand in the symbols on the page as you feel the air around you begin to distort. I'm assuming Marcus does his thing. He does his thing. Okay, so she gives you like a sort of like what the fuck look when you do that, but she does it in tandem with casting the spell. <laughs> and as you do that, you will feel yourself pulled to a shadowy realm. Where where did you want Speechless to to take you, per se? In, directly into her study or more outside of it? He'd probably go for broke and go into her study. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you never actually introduced yourself to Navris, right? You never gave her your name? I, I don't recall you ever doing that, at least. I don't think I was ever really interacted with her long enough for me to give her, give her my name. Yeah. You find, find yourselves standing uh, maybe on the opposite side of her desk, and you hear like some hushed talking before it's immediately cut short. Uh, you look and see Navris towering over this girl. She's dressed in like a very brightly colored flowery dress adorned with poppies. You see a look of just pure surprise and rage on Navris's face. And the girl, expressionless, turns back to Navris, does a little curtsy and then leaves the room. Navris, as if she never made that face quickly like turns and a smile replaces her previously surprised expression. How did you get in here? My apologies for the interruption and uh, sorry for didn't calling first. Please let me introduce myself. My name is Marcus and how I got in here is actually what I wanted to talk with you about. I'm very Curious about that indeed. And she will begin striding towards you. Speechless gives you a look like, well, we're not dead yet. Yep. 
going better than I planned. And uh, she glowers over you. Do you know how dangerous it is to be in a god's domain? Especially without their permission. Oh yes, I'm very aware. As I was telling my compatriot here, this is already going better than I expected. So I have to go to the reason why I'm here. I'm looking to reinvent the Assassin's Guild that has fallen into disarray. And as a part of this guild, I'm looking to traffic in secrets, information, and overall deception, as assassins normally do. And I wanted to see if I could seek your blessing and carry your favor. Assassin's Guild? You're looking to, you know, secrets are my my specialty, if you will. Yes. And I want to give you kind of a demonstration of the kind of access that we could get into. And should you need or should you want any secrets, you would have us. Tell me how you got in my domain first. I got into your domain through a gift from Anubis. Yeah, she shakes her head. She says, that mage, what what did he give you? Something of mine? No. He's much more than a mage. Former god of death and all. You would bring up his hand and he would kind of flex the claw to let it kind of pull out of his hand. He would say that uh, this claw used to belong to a very dangerous demon. It was unfortunately required to uh, bond with something in order to save the world. As you show her the claw, you feel the room get less dark, uh, almost as if some sort of pressure or presence was lifted and you see her face relax ever so slightly so you can go into anyone's domain not just mine that is correct no big smile on her face as she gives you her hand might i know who I'm working with here, your name. My name is Marcus. I believe you already know an associate of mine. Correct, but I don't think we've been formally introduced. And she'll look at Speechless, who she's like, you you probably know who I am. And uh, she'll, she'll look back at you. Well, Marcus, I, while I don't, appreciate you coming in unannounced. It was indeed quite the display. Should you do that again, I will kill you myself, but I think I would like to be your patron of sorts, if you would allow me. I think you could prove very useful to me. And I think you would be a very valuable patron. She nods and says, is there anything else? 
There is one thing, and this is just a question, nothing beyond it. Our mutual friend. I was going to ask her if she wanted to join me purely on a reconnaissance basis. Would you be okay if I approached her for this purpose? I like my contacts to have a very close network. And I think this will help us both. You can keep better tabs on me, and you know you've got a man on the inside. Well, you can be assured I will be keeping tabs on you. Oh, I figured that from the moment I stepped into this room. She smiles, and uh, will walk back to her desk and say, Should you need to get me next time, get in contact with me. My spiders are everywhere. And she'll gesture to the door, like, use the door, please. <laughs> I will use the door this time. <laughs> All right. And as you guys walk out, the door will close behind you. A shadowy cloaked figure will approach you and, and guide you out of the domain. And as they're walking down the halls, Speechless is like, yeah, yeah, no, that was, that was, that was good. Um, totally don't regret that at all. Relax, my dear. You have the power of a god on your side now. I just hope it stays that way. I've, uh, been on the wrong side of a god, too, you know. And, uh, the, the agent will lead you guys back, and you find yourselves once again standing on the streets. Uh, you emerge from the shadowy door, and no one seems to notice well, uh, if you don't mind, Marcus, I think I'm going to go grab another drink after <laughs> after that. I think I have one more stop to make, but I'm going to do very much the same thing. That's where she'll depart. Uh, where does Marcus go next? Find a TV? <laughs> <laughs> um, he does want to figure out what's going on with Tim TV. Mm -hmm. So... He'll go back to his apartment, okay. and he would attempt to conjure Tim TV. Do you, do you still have an outstanding, like, gold amount with him, or no? Has that uh, already I, paid off? I believe I've paid it off by this point. Um, okay. So he, he comes up on the, on the screen, and he says, Well, hiya, Marcus. You don't owe me any more money. That's true. I don't owe you any more money. And I was going to ask you a question. The one that you weren't able to answer beforehand. Oh, sure. Yeah. What kind of information can you give me about the previous owner of this gun? And can you tell me how you got it? I think it would be much easier if I showed you. You will feel like the static electricity start to build up on the on the television screen uh, as he waits for you to allow him to teleport you into it. Oh no! Marcus gets a nearby piece of paper, writes down a quick note that says, "In the TV with Tim. If I've not been heard of in seven days." Please contact him. 
Okay. And I leave that note next to the TV. Is this like the ring or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> is Marcus going to crawl out of the fucking TV? Sorry, I had to unmute to say that. I just couldn't help myself. I'll go back into my hole now. <laughs> that being said, if I can exit through a TV, I'm exiting through Mariah's TV. Yeah. Please don't! <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows what you'll find? <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> And as you can tell, I'm not entirely against risks at this point. Clearly. Marcus, I can explain. I can explain, Marcus. <laughs> what is going on? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> so the, the screen will begin, uh, if you allow it, uh, begin teleporting you inside. Do you allow it? I do. So, yeah, Marcus, you turn into two beams of light and are standing before a floating Tim, uh, and he pulls out his, his suitcase. He's like, first you gotta pay me, though. What's the uh, cost? Uh, it was indiscriminate. I remember when I gave you the reward from Fiona, she gave you the, the bonus. That's that's what that'll cover. All right. Uh, so you, you pull out the gold, uh, and you see it fly into the suitcase, and behind him, uh, you will see the outline of a staticky TV begin to form as you feel yourself pulled in a different direction and find yourself standing in an odd-looking storage area. There's a TV behind you that is flickering with static before Tim comes on, and you will see in this square-shaped room these tall shelves filled with weird and arcane devices. This is where I found it. Where are we, Tim? I have no idea. Just so I get this right, you found a place with all sorts of arcane wonders. You don't know where you where it is much less who it belongs to, and you took them. I didn't find this place. I was brought here. I'm everywhere my TVs are. Who, when you say you were brought here, who brought you? I don't know. Okay. Did you see anyone? Nope. I'm plugged in then. Tim, when is this? Uh, he like looks up. He's like, I don't have the best concept of time, especially when I'm not active. Right. So beyond this TV, it's the same time as the world it just came from. For us. Okay. Um, I want to start looking around for. Any kind of like a desk, looking for some kind of paperwork. Looking at the shelves, is there like a maker's mark similar to the mark on my rifle? The shelves seem to be cluttered with a myriad of arcane devices of different make and different models. It seems almost like a collection. And as you peer over the shelves, you will see a familiar shape of a cube, the 
arcane configurations that are the heart of Warforged. That sends alarm bells ringing through his head. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to make sure to be very cautious. And he would look around this room for any kind of indication as to where he might be. Uh, if it's somebody's like storage, trying to figure out who it might be. Uh, so looking around, you don't even see a door. There are no windows, no skylights, no nothing. Are there any magic circles or? No. Oh. Tim, is this place attached to reality as we know it? He's broke. God damn. As much as you do, I can only see in here. Then how'd you get the weapon? If you could only see. Well, I can take things out of here. That's where I get most of my supply. You get most of your supply from this room. Sure do. Tim, do you have the ability to see, like, scrying orbs or anything like that? Uh, no, just through TVs. Okay. Are you in any way hidden from scrying orbs? I mean... If a scrying orb can see a television, it can see me. Okay. No doors, no skylights, no circles. Is there a piece of paper? Just like a stack of papers or anything like that? Probably. Like like I said, there is just so much like trash and miscellaneous garbage in here. Uh, the only thing that really draws your eye is that that cube though just because you recognize what it is marcus would take the cube mm -hmm. because he recognized what it what it is and he would pick up some paper and a pen and leave a note for whose ever domain or room this is that a extra dimensional salesman is um pulling his stock from their storeroom. As you take the, the box, it's almost like you experiencing a memory. You don't actually like smell this physically, but you have the memory of a scent. Uh, you smell the smell of sandalwood and rosemary. He's going to try and shake that off and uh, put the, the cube into his backpack goodness that's unfortunate based on that sensation he would look around for anything else that might resemble his rifle or the cube that might be made by a similar person and he would try to pick up another piece to see if it has any kind of memory attached to it so it seems like there may have been other stuff in that area at one point, but over time it's been ta taken. Mm -hmm. um, as you're like touching other things, the box, uh, which you know has what its capabilities are, it's the only thing that gives you that sort of memory or that sense. Yeah, he'd leave a note for whoever owns this room and take a good look around the room for anything else that might spark a memory or 
catch his eye, but then he would return to Tim. Yeah, he's like animated, like tapping his foot. He's like, oh, you ready to go? We probably should. He, he nods. With that, he will begin teleporting you inside the TV. And as you teleport away, the TV screen shuts off. One of the walls will begin to form a door where we'll see a blue cloaked figure emerge, removing the hood. And we can see uh, it is a dark-skinned high elf with these dazzling blue eyes. Uh, and he kind of just like peers into the room thinking he sensed or heard something and then turn around and leave the door dematerializing as he leaves. Uh, so Marcus, you find yourself back in your apartment. Is there anything else you would like to do? Oh boy. He would like to find B. B, I'm guessing, is probably in her garage getting ready for her, her finals or the battle butt, the finale. So you you drive over to Bert's house and maybe you find B in, in the garage. Okay. Marks would drive up and park her on the side of the road. Slam the door and then kind of saunter up the driveway. B, you see Marcus park outside and walking towards the garage as you're busy working on Battle B, making your final preparations. B is blasting Beach Boys. <laughs> and then she'll just yell at Battle B, Battle B, you need to turn it down. And she'll have Battle B turn down the music as she sees Marcus walking up the driveway. Hey, kid, how you doing? Pretty good. I got a good night's sleep, which has been kind of honestly a while. I haven't really been able to sleep lately. Um, Carlos is in town. He made tacos. Ooh, and tacos. I know it was um, pork. It was pretty good. And then, yeah, I'm just getting ready. I'm just, I don't know. It kind of feels peaceful. Good, good. I know you're about ready to start college. And I'm really happy for you. But I have this warehouse, this laboratory, and I'm going to keep following some clues that I picked up from Phillips' place. I was wondering if, you know, between classes, if you wanted to head over to my lab and help me, you know, decode some things. Um. Well, yeah, I think that sounds really cool. I haven't also, I haven't, I can't. Like, I haven't gotten accepted yet. I have to do a lot of tests and stuff, which is really scary. So I think, um, regardless, yeah, I'd love to help. I think that sounds really cool. Cool. Well, best of luck on your entry exams. Yeah, thanks. I'm really nervous. I don't know how to feel still about the education system, but I'd like to be able to do magic and I think if I know how to do it maybe I can help other people I think I'm you're licensed. right mm -hmm. I think you're right uh, let me know when not if because it's going to happen you get into college yeah yeah I'll, I'll definitely let you know 
good. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's been it's been a big day. It's been a real big day. Well, I just wanted to make sure because I know I you know a lot of stuff has happened and you you lost someone and I just want to make sure you're okay. I mean, no, I'm not okay. Oh but... yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be okay. I guess. I hope you're. Um. I don't know. I appreciate you checking with me. You know, like I said, I'm not okay, but we each find our own way to work through it. And I think, I think I've found my way. Well, that's really good to hear. I, I mean, I'm just a kid, but if you ever need to talk, you know, I've lost someone too. So I kind of understand, but not really. Because I don't remember it, but um, I'm thinking of you, and I'm glad you found a way. Well, thank you. If there's anything you ever need, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll def, well, we'll keep in touch. I mean, this isn't the end. Nah. And I'll see you uh, later too. Oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna miss your last battle for the life of me or anyone. So you'll definitely see me then, but I suspect I'll be getting kind of busy. So if you don't hear from me for a while, don't take any offense to it, okay? Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, and just you can just you know where I live. You know, you know. Well, we have our radio stones, so yeah, you can just call me whenever you need help with that stuff too. I'm, oh. I'm sure I'll have time. Sounds great. Well, be well. Hope hopefully battle be is in top shape for tonight and. Uh, forward to it yeah i'll see you tonight i'll see you then mm-hmm. and with that uh marcus would probably head out b starts blasting beach boys again does marcus ever do anything with the the box or does he just leave it be for now he's gonna make one more stop and then head back to his apartment and he's gonna try it or he's gonna head back to his laboratory and he wants to take a closer look at it. Okay. Uh, where is your last stop? Last stop would be uh, Mariah and Zephyr's apartment. Mm. Yeah, um, going up to the apartment, would uh, Marcus have seen like a moving van? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think like definitely some time during the summer, they probably got a place. So it is possible that he would see a moving van on that day. Yeah. So like maybe uh, he passes like several uh, workers, like moving boxes up and down the elevator, bringing them to the truck. And uh, your door mm -hmm. is probably open to allow them to, to do that pretty easily. There is. There's definitely yes. a box that just reads like deed doors. <laughs> like, just sharpied on the box, you know. Well, box, just bead doors. Be I have to keep <laughs> my bead curtains. They mark all the doorways. I also think that Mariah's Ever's place is definitely not fancy enough to have an elevator. But you flatter me. Um, oh, I feel like it's literally like a two-story kind of. <laughs> 
The thing is, it's not a magic elevator like they have in the the upper district. Yeah. This is just a bucket with a pulley system. Truly. Mechanical? Gross. I hear the gears turning. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, Marcus, you you find them apartment noticeably sparse. Noticeably less crowded, I'd say. Maybe not sparse yet, but uh, noticeably packed up. Wow, you guys move fast. Oh, hey, hey, Marcus, hey. Um, how's it going, guys? Good, good. Going fine. Just yeah. Make yourself that what's left of home. (laughs) Well, thank you. Sorry for the intrusion, but I actually had to ask Lux a question. I kind of want to keep it off the stones, so just want to keep it between us. That's okay with you. Yeah. Oh, need some privacy. I just momentarily. Oh yeah, I mean, we, there's like a back room. Like we'll just the bedroom's all packed up, so we could just go back there. I'll just help the boys here. Yep. Cool. All right, uh, Mariah will take him back to the now empty bedroom. No, hold on. No, the, what? Uh, uh Mariah, where does the uh is this like a crystal orb where where's crystal orbs go? But I uh, I with the bead doors. With the bead doors, bead doors. <laughs> I didn't know I had a crystal orb. Hmm. It's amazing what you find when you move. I know. I just there's just like all this random stuff I have to get rid of from like past you know, past lives and stuff, like when I was different. It's just a whole mess. And I've donated so much stuff at this point. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Where are you guys heading off to? Uh, I mean, not not far. We're staying in, in the middle district. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm just you know, they built a lot of. I guess probably like a hundred years old now. I guess, but they, you know, they built like a bunch of homes when the when the tenth kingdom was created, and you know, <laughs> me making lore up in James's place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, they definitely do have like actual homes. It's yeah, it's not all tight packed apartments. I figured it was probably like like post World War II where they built a bunch of like small family homes and stuff for for people when they came home from war. Yeah. I guess yeah. So you know, there's Mariah, definitely like a suburbs of the Tenth Kingdom. Yeah, she's like, so we just you know we got one of those one of those nice little places. You know, got got a nice little house. It's, it's kind of old, but it needs a little work. But it's nice. It's not too far. So, well, um, I'm sure we'll feel right at home. That's really great. Oh yeah, just backyard, fenced in, just all the really like homey sort of stuff. Not you should get a dog. Oh yeah. Oh, a dog's a great idea. Anyway, so. I'm sorry, I wanted to ask you something. Yeah. And first of all, I should probably tell you something. Marcus, you're scaring me. Don't be mad. Marcus, you're scaring me. I may have gone to speak with Navaris. Uh... Mm. Or I just like kind of like tilts her head to the side and is like, okay, not mad. Um, curious. All right. So my mentor Klaus was trying to rebuild the Assassin's Guild. 
we mm-hmm. all know what happened to him. Um, I'm basically going to rebuild it. I'm pulling in allies. Um, speech was going to be in my number two, so she's going to be kind of like the overall conscience of things. And I need someone who's got great infiltration skills, somebody who could literally be anyone. Would you join my guild and be my spy master? Oh, Marcus, spy master. I, I, mm, okay. You remember when we went to go see Einstein, right? And I tripped over the velvet ropes. Do you really feel like a spy master? Someone who does that? I got arrested by the police. I suspect if you were alone, you wouldn't have had that same issue. Wow. This would be purely a observe and report style thing. There's no need to go to highly secured areas as an invisible person. This is you gain people's trust and they and you let them take you somewhere. Okay, listen, I'll think about this. It's not a no, but I also am gonna be picky about what I do, okay? It's, That's fair. Sever and I have talked about starting a detective agency. You know, because he was a detective before. So and you're allowed to be a selective and that's totally fine Mm -hmm. Uh, I just want to be transparent that the reason why I want you there is so that when we are approached for contracts we know the full context of what the contract entails so we try to eliminate any innocent loss hmm alright okay yeah alright I'm I'll do it Selective, eliminate uh, innocent loss. I'm I'm in. All right. And you talked to Navras. Well, yeah. Who else would I go to? <sighs> Goddess of Secrets. That's exactly what we're trying to get along with here. How did you? Did you like pray or something? No. I got that the same way we got to Noob's place. Oh, I shouldn't know. I shouldn't know. <laughs> That thing's going to get you into trouble. Probably, but it hasn't gotten me killed yet, which honestly is better than I was expecting, so we're good. <sighs> Marcus, Marcus. What am I going to do with you? All right. Marcus and... flashes the the most unsettling smile you could probably imagine. Not, not making it better. I don't know what you're planning. I'm kind of concerned, honestly. Um, but I'm assuming that you don't want me to tell Zephyr. I'm not going to tell you to tell him. I'm not going to tell you not to tell him. Just that people have their secrets. And he's following someone who's very lawful and right-minded. And I'm following somebody who is also friends with you following wait following you're following well, following is probably a, not the right word but we've struck an agreement so God. Okay. well yes there are many but just her so far oh god okay all right sure okay i'll i will do this selectively whether or not i tell my husband is is another thing 
And as I said, that is entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, there's no gag order here. This is purely what you think is right. Okay. Okay. All right. I trust your judgment. I trust yours. You don't have to, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'll let you know if anything changes. That's on, fair. On that note. Very interested in how much work you'll be getting from this Assassin's Guild of yours. Well, we'll see if it ever makes it past uh, member number three. Well, I'll do what I can. Selectively. Of course. Let's go talk to him before he gets antsy. Or puts my other baubles in other places that they don't belong. And I'll never find them again. And Every time you move, you lose three things, you gain four things. It all balances out in the end. I believe that so much. It's like a life mantra. All right. I will let you guys be. Don't let me get in your way. Thank you so much for seeing me. Uh, Zephyr, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for letting me borrow your wife for a bit. Yeah, you, you take care, buddy. I will. Oh, how's your speech going, by the way? You have something coming up soon, don't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do. That's so, going to be great. It's going to be quite the show. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, thanks. I think it'll be on uh, which channel did they say? Channel 5? That's probably on every channel. I can't wait to hear it. Y'all have a great one. I will talk to you guys again soon. Hey, Marcus. Marcus, you, you head back to your workshop? Yep. Once he's at his workshop, he would take out the arcane configuration and uh, set it on the table in front of him. He's not 100% that he wants to mess with this thing, but he feels like he needs to know more about it. Uh, what is your intention with it? What is What do you want to do with it specifically? I guess he wants to see if it's active. If there's anything trapped in it. Uh, does that mean you would try to open it? Does Marcus know enough about this thing that if you were to open it, would it cause any damage to whatever is inside? Well, the only other time you've had experience with this was when you were at the college. Mm-hmm. And those three like specters or spirits came out. So if there's something inside, he would release it. That's correct. Given that context, he would go to Fiona and give her the best explanation he has about this box. And he would want to open it with her presence. And I would assume that Phillips is probably still in jail. Uh, yes, he is. We can, we can say in your workshop, you were tinkering with it and you made it easy to open like with one final thing that way you don't have to work on it while you're there okay that works Uh, but you know you know how to easily open this thing now and as we see marcus explaining this to fiona she's hand to her mouth kind of like biting her lip and, and nodding i I want you to open it. Yes, please. He would then undo the last catch, essentially, 
and open it. The box irises, and you'll see a thin silver mist leave the box as it goes into the air and dissipates. And though her expression remains of curiosity, you will see a tear form and roll down her cheek. She like gives a confused face as she like touches it as if she didn't even notice that she had cried. Are you okay, Fiona? I felt a, a memory. I'm not sure what it was. Try and describe it. It was like my my perfume. I just again she, her her face isn't like sad. It it seemed like the tear came out of nowhere. And um she she just like furrows her brow and it was familiar though. Can you think of anyone else who might have worn your perfume? She nods. My mother, yes. And you can see like her lips like starts trembling a little bit. Father told me that he tried to bring her back. He wasn't able to. I think this is why he was not able to. So I can now, though? I think you can. If she's willing. Yeah, more more tears like well in her eyes and she leans forwards and just wraps her arms around your neck and gives you like a tight squeeze. Just whispers, thank you. No, thank you, Fiona. Very, very quickly, she like breaks the hug, wipes her tears, and she says, well, um, you're always welcome here. I think I'm going to go see a Church of Harain member. I think you should. You um, need a ride. Sure, yes. You'll drive her to the, the church? Yes. As fast or as slow as she likes. Was there anything Marcus wanted to do aside from from that? Uh, nope, I can't think of a better way to close it out. Perfect. So, Mirai, I we left you sort of like maybe standing in the bedroom after Marcus had departed and he bid you both farewell. All right. Um, well, I think first off, after Marcus leaves and Mariah's just like kind of in the living room, she mm -hmm. like just kind of grabs Zephyr by the elbow and like drags him just kind of like down the hallway. Okay. And is like, hey, so... Marcus is restarting that Assassin's Guild that Klaus was. Oh, that's what this is about. I thought you. <laughs> you thought what? Nothing. Um, okay. So he's starting the Assassin's Guild then. Uh huh. Why did, did he you ask think? you? Well, why she's, did he ask you? She's like narrowing her eyes at him. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm not gonna forget about that. He wants me to be his spy master. Oh. That's uh interesting. Mm -hmm. What were you I going mean, to if, say? If you can if you want that, you you can take it. I mean I have to change the uh you know the uh name just to Wesley. Um 
no, 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 no. It's not like that. You and me, we're the team. That's like uh, a consulting gig. Oh, okay. Good, because Wesley and Wesley sounds way better. It does. It really does. Uh, yeah, he um, he went to go see Navras. And lived? Yeah, and lived. He did. Huh. Yeah, got in the same way we got into Anubis's. So that was interesting. I don't know if he's okay. <laughs> we'll have to check on him, maybe. It'll be fine. Maybe, maybe after speech we can we can get more um Yeah, I think we have some of our uh, own stuff to handle first. Yeah, totally, totally. I just we got speech and we've got to like finish moving and i think they've have they taken the couch yet mm-hmm. found the school decanter under it too what a decanter yeah under there's a decanter under the couch a whole uh, yeah a whole decanter under the couch why uh, it's your place i don't know i don't know somebody else must have put that there one of the you know the other ones Okay. Um, can I leave you to finish moving? I think you can handle uh, that. Of course. Where are you going? I have to go talk to some people, probably Navras. Um, mm. I still don't know how to feel about it. If you need me to come, I will. Yeah, you want to come talk to Navras? Of course. Listen, I'm gonna go to the cemetery first and um then i'll be back Never's time you and me hopefully she lets you in i mean why not i mean i'm so charming i guess with that she'll um she'll head off to i'm assuming it's probably like a non-Church of Harain cemetery, which I'm sure they have, just like a general big. Yeah, think think of Church of Harain less like a church and more like a hospital. They definitely just have like kingdom cemeteries, things that aren't specifically associated to any church or God in particular. Yeah, Shalom. She she's been during over the summer she went and she like purchased probably like a little like a plot not that there's anything to go there and a headstone just a very like little area just you know she bought um she bought it for you and i don't think it's just god i'm assuming she knows his last name but uh, you know what they say about assuming but I would hope that she would know at least whatever last name he probably gave her. And no birth date, but probably death date for sure. So at least the year. And um, I think that she probably got a call earlier in the week that said like that it was ready, the, the headstone. So She's just going to go and um, cut the, like, shearing off of it. Usually they have, like, they're usually wrapped until the family comes and cuts the shearing off. 
So yeah, she would go do that. Uh, does the headstone like say anything other than like his name, a date? Like, is it inscribed with anything? It probably just has like a song lyric. Like she's like a rainbow. Yeah, but that's, I feel like that's almost like more pertaining to Mariah than it is pertaining to him. But yeah, he sang that to her. So yeah, I think it's probably got that engraved. And it's just probably like right under a tree. I imagine it's kind of like one of those really old giant trees with the in my mind almost like a magnolia tree uh that's my southerner coming out just the big sweeping arms and the delicate blossoms and she just cuts the shearing off and i think she's brought some flowers i think she just like take it she'd kind of like just kneel in front of it and she'd take off that the medallion of thoughts that she had bought from tim tv just kind of sink it a little bit into the earth so there's nothing there's nothing left and there's nothing of him just basically this the only thing that she had that she could really remember him by besides photos and whatnot but I think she'd just like put a hand on the little headstone and just say well it's not even easy to talk to you when you're gone isn't it but I didn't have enough time to thank you for everything and I wish I had been I wish I'd been able to realize everything that you were doing what you were trying to say with your actions. And thank you for giving me the second chance to be free and be alive and be happy and be in love. I'll try to do the best I can with that second chance. She just kind of like lean forward and, and give the headstone a kiss and then she'll leave. As you're standing there looking at the headstone, just this slight breeze just blows through the park, blowing some leaves and you gather yourself and leave the park. Gather myself is, is a very I'm fine. That was tough. That hit the worst. It was tough. Oh no, I think Jay's messaging me to see if I'm crying. Oh my god. <laughs> he said, are you okay? Are you fake? No, I'm real crying, Jason, but it's my own fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most death sentence I've ever heard. Uh, are you are you good to continue yeah. on to your your next topic? Yes, um, where where I goes home, back to a significantly more empty apartment. 
Well, it depends on how much uh, work Zephyr Zephyr got done. So how much work did Zephyr get done? Crickets. Hard or hardly working. <laughs> I feel like it's still probably like significantly empty because the guys are doing yeah, yeah, the hard yeah. work. That's that's fair. Zephyr is supervising. Yeah, yeah. So he's no. not doing anything. No, that's crime board number three. I need number four out. Oh, oh, hey Lux. Mariah. Mariah. Hey, Mariah. Mm-hmm. How am I still not used to that? Probably shouldn't have changed <laughs> my name mid-season. <laughs> I don't know if I need more Adderall or less Adderall. Like, no, you can't put Ray and Morty quotes in this show. Jeez. <laughs> I think he. I think he knows her signs, so he'll just go up and hug her. She's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm good." No, no, come here. Okay. Free charge. All right, thank you. How was it? Was, it was. It was. I mean, it was nice. It looked good. It was That's just good. a tree and everything. And yeah, under the tree plot. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was nice. You know, there's like no body, so it was pretty cheap too. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Well, I'm sure he would have liked it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, yeah. Well, you want me to you want me to reach out and want to go see Nevers together? No, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anything else will be weird today. Weirder than Marcus telling me he busted into her domain and <laughs> researched yeah, the assassin's was, guild. That was something. Like I said, I'm worried about Marcus. Well, Monterum, it's fine. It'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah, so I think with that, Mariah will reach out to Navras via Ascending and just say, hey, Navras, wanted to know if you had time to talk. Wanted to bring Zephyr. Hope that's okay. Mariah. If uh, you could have laughing in ascending, there, there would be at the beginning. But she says, of course, I'll send someone your way to pick you up. As soon as that message ends, you see the last like mover guy moving a box out of the room. Mm-hmm. And behind you is one of her cloaked agents gesturing to a summoned door to bring you to her domain. She like points to the the guy and is like, "You guys gotta get like a bell." Doesn't respond. <laughs> I know, but you know, you're just gonna you're gonna scare someone really bad one day. I'm just saying. Yeah. So so I think she takes Zephyr's hand and she um, you know, goes through the door. Let's walk through, and he follows you closing the door behind him. You guys walk the tiled floors to her her study, where you will find her standing, waiting for you, and giving a friendly expression. Mariah, Zephyr, so good to see you both. Well, come in. She gestures for you guys to sit down. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Mariah will sit down. Zephyr will too. 
though. To what do I owe the pleasure of this visit? I, uh, I heard that you, you spoke with Marcus. Spoke is one way to say that, yes, we had a conversation. Yeah, he, um, he said something about the Assassin's Guild. He, um, he asked me to join. He said he had your, your blessing? Yes. Yes, I was quite intrigued by the proposal, if not for just a moment surprised by his entry. Yeah, he, um, he, uh, he's surprising me, too. I don't know if it's necessarily in a good way, but, um, I am surprised. Not, not often an insect wanders into a spider's web willingly, mind you. Insect? That's, oh, I, it's like an analogy. Okay, I get it. Yeah. She nods like, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Mariah's, like, so skeptical. That really, like, threw her off, I think. She's, I imagine that she and Zephyr are, like, sitting in these chairs, like, still holding hands. And when when Navris, like, kind of nods, like, yeah, sure. She, like, squeezes his hand. Yeah, can I, can I do an insight on that? I really want to insight. She, she's being very, very sarcastic. Uh, there, there's like no no insight role needed. She's she's for the most part like joking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, he'll that's... squeeze back in Morse code. Nothing. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. No, Marcus is definitely a unique character, but I An interesting skill set. I must admit. Yeah, he's um. He's got a gun that shoots on its own, too. Very cool. I was more referring to the ability to go into anyone's domain he desires. But... Oh, the weird claw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is a weird thing that we had surgically attached to him. Uh, anyway, that's I didn't come to talk about his retractable claw. I was hoping that I'm kind of, I, I wouldn't say that I'm retiring from being, being a blade, but um, I think I'm going to take a step back. I'll, I'm going to help Marcus with the Assassin's Guild in a selective capacity. I was hoping that I could ask you for a favor. Yes. You, mind you, you've helped me out tremendously. I, understand the notion of a vacation believe me sure you don't get many of them but i was hoping that you might be able to help me find more changelings like like us besides right the difficulty with that is even as vast as my network is it is nearly impossible yeah, because of them. Believe me, I keep a watchful eye wherever I can. They're not easy things to spot, even by the most trained eye. Yeah, that um, that makes sense. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. After all, I found you. It's very true. I'm very grateful that you did. 
just think it would be nice if I could find more. That's that's why I know that you're still gonna look. I just I don't I don't want them to feel alone. But it's not gonna be easy. The things that are difficult are the most worth doing. Yeah. Maybe I'll think of something. Maybe you can think of a way to figure out if I can find any. Makes you feel better. I can tell you first person I'll tell is you. If I find someone. Can I incite that? Sure. Don't know if Mariah believes her. I'm here. Could I incite that as well? Uh, sure. Yeah, you both can incite that. Come on, baby. Not 20 or something. Uh, 16, 15. Um, she, she's, not, she's not lying. She's, you know, genuinely curious about finding Changeling. Uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why she's, you know, interested in Mirai. And, you know, it looks like part of her thinks it would do you good to, to find more of your kind because she knows she knows she's a god and while she's also a changeling that does promote some difference like a, a different dynamic right mm -hmm. yeah or i will just nod she'll feel confident with um with that also well okay i i appreciate that i'm I look forward to it. I, I know you'll find another one. There's got to be more out there. I can't be the only one. And if there are, I'm best suited to find them, I think. That's true. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one. You're, it can't just be the two of us. Amongst my own, yes. We're the only ones. Hopefully we'll find another soon. Keep my ears to the ground. I I know you always have your ears to the ground. I guess there just is one more thing. I when we thought the world was ending, I saw a vision of you. Someone that looked like Justina and then somebody else. It was and she said, I'll do better than she ever could. You said, I don't trust you at all. She kind of like dies and she says, I don't know where you were to divine such information, but when you saw it's true, the that... Justina you know is not the one that history knows. That makes sense. She was my friend once when I thought I could trust her. I guess when you kind of do the sort of stuff we do, it's hard to know who you can trust sometimes. Well, I, that's it. I don't have anything else, Navras. I just, I just kind of wanted to come and chat, I guess, for a minute and, and ask you for that favor and, and 
ask you about that memory. So um, thank you. I know you're so busy. I always have time for you. And of course, you too, Zephyr. And she like smiles at you. Mm. Yeah. I'll be watching, by the way. I always am. <laughs> yeah. She she like directs that at you, Zephyr, uh, considering your speech. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, he's such a good boy. You don't really have to worry about him at all. Mariah, like, leans over the chair and kisses his cheek. Part of me enjoys, actually, the relationship you two have. Yeah? Considering your relation to Justina. Yeah. She, like, gives a uh, mischievous smile. Oh, well, and two worlds collide. Mm -hmm. It was meant to be, wasn't it? And with that, she will gesture you guys to the door. I hope you both enjoy some much-needed rest. I think so. I think I think we will. I think maybe we should take a nice trip somewhere after your speech. Yeah. We could. Yeah. Uh, Mariah will stand. Once Zephyr stands, she'll like kind of like drag him towards the towards the exit. I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Just as a, like, slight little wave. And as you guys exit the room, uh, the shadowy cloaked figure will guide you guys back the way you came. Thanks, Shadow Guy. Are you the same one every time? Just stands there, like, no, you can't even see his face because it's just, like, shadow underneath. I just want to know how you, I just want to know how you try to hand him a tip one gold there's no like pockets on his cloak just gonna like toss it into the face hole yeah I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna flick it at him like if it's in the chest then whatever <laughs> just, like, I just like flick it at him like at chest height does it just bounce off him or yep he doesn't react. It just hits his chest and falls to the floor. Huh. It doesn't even flinch. Oh, wow. I heard about these guards. <laughs> these castle guards. Same thing. No expression. Don't move. Wild, right? They laugh? No. They don't do anything. I don't know. It was in a story. I must be inspired by these guys. She waves bye to him. Okay, see you not next wave. He does not wave back. See you next time. I think we should call him Greg. Greg. He seems like a Greg to me. Greg the Shadow. Yep. Greg the Shadow. Uh, but with that, you guys leave her domain. And is there anything else that Mariah would like to do before we move over to Lorien? I don't think so. I think that that's, I think that's all for Mirai. So, Lorian, it is your turn in combat. This is like the slowest combat progression ever. Uh, so, where do we see where do we see Lorian 
Is he at well, the forge with Anubis? Is he like on some hill overlooking the city? I think that is what he'd do. He would, you know, summon his steed in quotes here. Uh-huh. Ride off to a, you know, local park or something. Because he needs to be in that tranquil space to get his mind to where his grandfather is. Do you recall the first time you actually the first location that you actually spoke with your, your grandfather? Oh man, that was ages ago. You're know, like in in the tenth kingdom or yeah, it was in the tenth kingdom. Is this like a a quiz? Or do you no, no, it's know? not a quiz. I'll, um, so the first time you spoke to him uh, was immediately after you had fell unconscious, uh, after Praetith took control, and you were in that magic circle in the underground Colosseum when he reached out to you. Oh, yes. That was a while ago. So he would you know, have a seat up on the hill, nice breeze flowing by, no, close his eyes, a few deep breaths in and out. And then when he opened him again, he would be in that same spot, dressed in all white. There's that door off, off in the distance that he's still a little curious about, but I think he asked about it the other time. And is Lothric sitting anywhere around? Yeah, you, you open your eyes, and as you like look towards the door... There is a cobblestone path that leads up to it, and along that path is a small stone bench where Lothric is currently sitting. Lauren make his way over and gently sit down next to him. He just kind of like smiles. I don't know if I ever properly thanked you, Lorian, for releasing me in setting me free of him. I uh, don't think you really have to. Just, it was the right thing. For you and for everyone. You're somewhat responsible for everything that's happened. And I can't help but think that if not for me, perhaps you would have done something different. Would have been someone different. Well, I'm not sure what I could have done if you weren't there to help me. And I, I owe it all to you, I think. He, he shakes his head. I think it's quite the opposite. He, he just kind of like looks at you, sort of like the spitting image of, of your dad, who is also the spitting image of him, and I don't think I can apologize enough for what happened, but I think now at least whatever you choose, it will be your choice. Oh, I have a, a soft sigh. You know, look over towards that door again. I think I'll be done for a long time, I think. And I think you should be done too. I know you've been he was stuck around for longer than you should. You know, the other people waiting for you, wherever that door is. I don't want to keep you waiting. Kind of looks up at the door and, well, you know, I had to make sure you didn't get into too much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you, you're right. I think I am. I think I'm ready. And after another moment of silence, he'll turn over and give his grandpa a big hug. I'll let go and sit back. Do you want your sword back too? I don't know if I'll be using it anymore. Certainly don't think I'll have much use for it wherever I'm going. Maybe I'll have it just in case. I hope I won't have to use it anymore. It was nice, you know, not fighting. I think we're both ready to have a nice break. Puts his hand on your shoulder and nods. You've done a lot of good, Lorian. You should know that. You and your friends. I couldn't do without them either. And even though you didn't really meet them, I'm sure that uh, they would have liked to know you better. And, um, with that, he'll stand up, look at the door, and look back at you. Well, if you like to accompany me, he'll like hold out his arm for you. He'll stand up and like take one step forward. Then he, Lothar can definitely tell that he is a little bit, uh, what's the word here? Audacious, conflicted, hesitant. conflicted. There we go. Yeah. So he looks at you and shakes his head. Is is something wrong? Well. If- I do go through this door with you. Um, what will happen to, you know, he'll put a hand on his chest, my body back home. Is this, you know, the next world? Do you oh, know what's he, behind there? Yeah, he, he shakes his head and he says, no, I just simply want you to accompany me to the door. I don't think. Oh. And he, he looks at it and he's like, you have so much more time left. Oh, of course. He'll stand up and take his grandfather's arm. And even though Lorian had no time with him while they were both alive, it definitely feels like they were they are a real family, even if one of them was a angel angel soldier who got blown up <laughs> all those many years ago. Mm-hmm. It's very comforting. They'll make their way towards the door. And as you guys stand before the door, you can you can feel him. He's like a little nervous, a little hesitant, but there's also resolve on his face. The door will slowly open. Uh, this sort of like ethereal white light glowing from it as these motes of golden light drift down from it. The light washing over both of your faces. And he looks at you and says, you're going to do great things, Lorian. I'm sad I won't get to see it, but I'm glad I could at least see you before I went. His his bottom lip quivers a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't have any tears for you, but I'll, I'll do it for you and for everyone. You deserve the right to be a little selfish. He smiles. I think I might have earned that at least. Keep Anubis in line for me. Vandra can't do it on her own. It's one of my skills. Take another deep breath. Face the door. 
and as he closes his eyes, you will see his body begin to glow that same golden ethereal light. And just at the edge, you will see a glimmer of all of the colors sort of like blending at his edges as he begins to fade and disappear. And with that, the massive stone doors will gently close the light disappearing. And for the first time, Lauren, you are alone. No guidance, no comfort. Well, Laurie knows that with the Lonely Hearts Club, he is never truly alone. Mm -hmm. And he'll sit up, just listen to the birds. There's nothing else to block that out. And he'll, after a moment, slowly get up, head on onto the cycle, and drive on down to the Waffle House, just in case any of his friends are there. Oh. Uh, do you do you like uh, radio to everyone to like meet up there? It would definitely be a lower energy call, of course, and it's a don't know exactly what it would say in character, but if you if you're free, I'd like to have you know brunch with somebody. Okay. Uh, does anyone respond to this urgent call for Waffle House? Of course. Uh, yeah, I think Mariah probably like. By this time, I feel like they've gotten everything into the into the house. So um, she probably just like when she picks up, she's like, "Hey, yeah, um, everything, everything good, Lorian?" I'd I'd rather talk about it there if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, don't worry. Um, same same Waffle House as always. I'll bring I'll bring Zephyr. Anybody else there? B? Marcus? Halo? Sorry, the radio was really loud. Yep, still here. Yeah, I'm go- Oh, I'm definitely coming. Yeah, yep, yeah, I'm coming too. All right. See you guys there. I know, I don't have to pick anyone up this time. Wow, this will be so much quicker. See you guys at, uh, at the Waffle House. Do you guys meet up? Get your Get your signature booth and I'll pile in, uh, ordering your various coffees, eggs, uh, smothered and covered hash browns. All-star breakfast, baby. Pecan waffles, baby. Ooh, I want chocolate. Mm. And add waffles. So that's an excellent choice, my friend. Also, did we take the new car? We took the new car. You think Zephyr would let let Mariah go anywhere? In the in in well, I would say the old car, but I don't even think they had a car before. So you guys are are all in Waffle House. So the moment you lay eyes on Lorian, there's definitely something different. That angelic luster is is gone. You know, the bright is almost like there's that almost a halo around him. Which I mean, his auras still work, but they're a bit more you know softer now. His bright his golden hair is just more of a light brown and the golden eyes have faded into more of a light hazel and he's definitely less energetic just at this moment 
sipping on his co- his coffee with two creamers and two sugars. Mm. You uh, get haircuts on? Oh, is it like touches ponytail? No, no, same hair. Look, looks nice. Looks a little different. Oh well, it's less angelly now. I think a little toy with one of his rings. Oh, uh. What happened with the angel stuff? I mean, I still have all my magic and things, but Grandpa's gone now. He's definitely had his time, and now that we're done, he didn't need to watch over me anymore. So it's just me. Well. Really quiet. So I wanted to have everybody talk so I could feel better. Of course, I don't want that to be too selfish of me. Why are you so concerned about being selfish, Lorian? Well, I, I'm not really sure. I just, it's not always about me, you know. It shouldn't be. We're, we're a team, aren't we? Yeah, we're a team. But it can be, you know, everybody has their turn on a team, right? So everybody's got to shine. I think we're all allowed to be there for one another. Yeah, Ooh. totally. And... I think that's what we're at this Waffle House for. To be here for you. So it won't be so quiet. And waffles. We're here for the waffles, too. No, stop. Oh. mm. Oh, Like I'm in uh, real life. You can see him start to tear up. I'm I'm glad you're all my friends. Oh, Lorian, don't cry. We're so glad to be besties. I'm crying, too, in real life. He's trying not to cry. No! Just wanted to move, but now everyone's crying again. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> oh no! Oh, Bee's trying to like cry. catch her tears from going into her waffle. I don't no. want a soggy waffle. I don't want a soggy waffle. I'll get you another one. It's fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. I was away for so long, and you know you still cared about me. Oh, yeah. It yeah. sounds all self-deprecating now. Man. You just you just had some stuff to handle. That's okay. Yeah, we all got stuff sometimes. Yeah. Making sure no tears in the coffee. I'd water it down. It's okay. Tears in the coffee, not always a bad thing. You don't want too much salt, you know? Ugh. Dude, it's just so salty. B drinks her second cup. <laughs> Marcus pulls a small flask out of his coat pocket, um, uh, slides a little bit into his glass, and puts the flask back in his pocket. I don't think that's allowed, Marcus. No, no outside drinks in the establishment. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie theater. You guys not sneak food into the movie theater? I do that all the Who time. Who doesn't do that? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes. Yeah, I'm sorry. The rules are sacred at Waffle House. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the, the lawful house here. It's, this is the uh, lawful house. No. It's, it oh, is time forgot, to leave. I almost forgot to ask. Yeah, the good tattoos, are they still there now that Lothbrook's gone? Uh, they are there, but they're not the same like luster, just like your hair. They've, they've kind of faded. Uh, a reminder, but... You know, Lee, like, he'll pull up his sleeve to look over it as they're all, everyone's lamenting about salty waffles. You know, there's that, the first one he got with them all helping the goblins rise up, you know, simpler times when 
things weren't always so dangerous. But, you know, everyone's still here through it all. And he's very happy about that. Yeah, we're all still here somehow. We made it. You know, maybe I'll get one of all of us somewhere, you know, with a real needle in a real shop. I heard this really hurt. Well, I can take a lot, you know. Sort of been doing this whole time. Yeah, I hear the rib cage is where it's the easiest. Insight you real quick. <laughs> I mean, is, do you know about most painful spots for a tattoo? I don't know why B would know that. B shows she has a tattoo. I know. I was like, is B interested in getting a tattoo? <laughs> I think. Versus the pizza shop, you know, we oh get a magic tattoo, celebrate our partnership. I think B would get a pizza tattoo. That's all there's something B would do. That fucking tracks. <laughs> that, that fucking tracks like nothing else. Jeez. Uh, when B says the rib cage is the most painful or the the best place to get a tattoo, Mariah just looks at her and goes, "No, it's not." Yeah, you're right. I was just trying to sound cool. Well, we could get tattoos together. It would be cool. That would be really fun. I think. Uh, I think since I'm not an adult, I think my dad has to sign like a form for that, probably. Oh, I mean, oh, I'm thirty. I'm thirty-three. I think he'd be okay with it. Really, he's not too controlling. Yeah, Bert's cool. He is pretty cool. Cool as hell. Oh, Bia, when are your robot finals? I don't oh. know much about them. Oh, so we're here. B shoves a piece of waffle under her mouth. Okay, so um, I have jerseys for everyone. Oh my God. <sighs> Lorian, you get to wear yours. I have my you... own jersey? Yeah, so they're all they're all team Brunswick. So they're like red and this like the bottom of the shirt and the bottom of the sleeves are trimmed in bronze. And on the back it says like team Brunswick. I would wear that every day. Yeah, I'll I'll um um I'll bring it tonight and you can get it there and you can just change into it. But everybody has to wear please wear your jerseys. That would make me really happy. And if Right, you could wear, bring your pom-poms again. That was pretty cool. Oh, I'm definitely bringing my pom-poms. Okay. And I don't know. I've invited some people, so I hope they come. Other people. Who did you invite? Diego. Diego? Uh, Mariah, I, like, leans in and is like, you know, it's illegal for him to be here, right? He, he explicitly told us that. I know. It was more of just, uh, I'm thinking of you. You're kind of really annoying, but also it was really fun throwing a Cheeto at your head. So here's an invitation to my final tournament round. I love throwing a Cheeto at your head. Will you please come to my final? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I thought it tracked. It, it, it sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Beatrice, what are we going to do with you? So, yeah, um, it's tonight. Uh, I think they usually start at, like, midnight. Right, James? Yeah, that's, that. they, yeah, they take place at midnight. You know, I'm just going to say Wait. it. Whatever I say will be the truth. It starts yes, tonight at go. midnight. It starts tonight at midnight, and I have to be there at, like, 8 p.m. just to do some practices and stuff. Wait, and are you, are you fighting Augustus? 
I am, little bitch. God, I hate that kid. If he wins, I will destroy him. Oh. <laughs> that is um that is violence against children. Oh, just um, wait until you learn what his stupid battle bot is called. What's it called? What's no, it you'll called? have to wait for it. Fine. Just wait. No, that, I will destroy him. You probably will. He's really unoriginal. <laughs> pretty, he pays pretty bad guys. <laughs> I'm I can't wait. He pays everyone to work on his battle vibe, and he can't do it himself. And yes. he has an education. Stupid. Lorian, uh, there was one thing as Anubis like regained his health, uh, he did want you to mention something to Marcus. Oh. Uh so we, we see this the scene of like Anubis or your memory of him like talking to you and He's he's still like in his rest bed, like getting better, and you just remember him saying, um, "You might want to tell Marcus that I encountered something rather odd when he was in my domain. As I understand it, he died, but there was something tempting to take his soul. And had he not died in my domain, I fear what would have happened." And uh, yeah, you you have that quick memory. You see the little light bulb go off. Oh, Marcus, Anubis told me to tell you something. If you're not too busy eating your breakfast. Oh no, good man. Um, yeah, he slowly brings the cup of coffee up to his nose. Well, apparently, because you died in Anubis's domain, someone was coming for your soul. Luckily, that didn't happen, so it's okay. Hmm. Okay. I, yeah. um, he snorts the coffee back into the uh, into the mug and goes, I- I'm sorry, somebody was trying to take my soul and they failed, or somebody was trying to take my soul from inside the domain? Uh, I think it was the second one. I don't do a whole lot. I don't deal a lot in soul swapping, so. I mean, <laughs> but you're okay, and I'm probably not going back there, so you're good. Just watch out. Okay. Okay. Marcus Mariah's, looks a little more nervous. Mariah's like <laughs> making a face. Hmm. Wow, Marcus, who'd you piss off? Who hasn't uh, done that? Too? Do you want that alphabetically or do you want that chronologically? Oh, jeez, Marcus. <sighs> wow. Did Anubis say anything else about like who it might have been? That's all he told me. And he he just said that had Marcus not died in his domain, he's not sure what would have happened. So being in Anubis's domain secured his soul for that little bit. Yes. Okay. So he died outside of Anubis's domain. Your soul is going to get sucked, apparently. Oh, I fucking know what this so is. Don't die. Unless it, you're in the mm, domain. I can yikes. revive you, and it's okay. Not mm. if someone's as starting as to steal the soul. Uh, would Marcus have a suspicion as to what Lorian is referring to? Does Mike have a suspicion? Sounds like somebody's trying to steal his soul and put AC it into a, little, uh, into a little happy cube. Casey, did 
Do you actually Casey, know? Casey, I think have, so. Have I told What's... you? I don't know. Maybe I'm just really smart. Okay. I don't know. What's your theory? My theory. It has something to do with um, the Assassin's Guild. Hmm. Huh. Right? Because Klaus, Klaus did something with his soul. Like he signed it away. I don't think he necessarily signed it away, but Klaus did something with his soul. And I know like he was absolutely destroyed by that spell, but I think that also played into him not being able to be brought back because Fiona was like, oh, look into it. And then I think Marcus did something that essentially signed away his soul. So when he dies, he dies. Sorry, that's not much information, but I think it has something to do with the Assassin's Guild. And like something, I don't remember the exact thing, but Klaus did it. Uh, right? Is my theory correct, James? If you play the game, you you either are victorious or you are defeated. Oh, I am right! Oh my gosh. Glad I'm not Marcus. Well, yeah, glad I'm not Marcus. Marcus smirks a little. Oh <laughs> my god. Don't well, smirk. That's the same smirk you had before. I don't like that. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Mari's like can... staring daggers at Marcus. Uh, Marcus would make eye contact with Mari and just take a sip of coffee. This soul thing. Mm-hmm. Does that have anything to do with the with the chess piece? I mean, that's all that was left behind when uh, Klaus died. Yep. Yes, you better, you better tell Mariah because I got to tell you about things that she'll be outy on. That <laughs> <laughs> she's like, wait a minute, hold on, you fucking. I got to use this chess piece, and if I fucking die, I die, and that's all that's left. No, I want to have a kid. Absolutely not. <laughs> I thought it was funny that that was revealed after he was like, I'll just go to Navras's domain. She'll, the worst that'll happen is she'll just kill me. Oh my god. <laughs> the worst that'll happen is that she'll just kill me and I'll never be alive again. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, hmm. Yeah, thanks. Mark will definitely share that with you once he figures it out. <laughs> above above board i had set that rule that when marcus dies that's it for him but then that happened in anubis's domain i was like fuck oh wait he's the god of, he's the god of death yeah he can he can block that that's fine so, glad i gave myself an out says james yeah yeah i'm fine with telling you that it's i think it's funny Jeez, that is really I, funny. God, I was so worried that, like, because Klaus just was obliterated and all was left was a chess piece. I was like, what is all going to be left of Zephyr if he dies? Like a pair of pilot's wings? What am I supposed <laughs> to do with that shit? Pilot's wings don't pay the bills. The original of that spell is that the, if a target is dropped to zero hit points, their head explodes. <laughs> oh, which. Yep. I would have uh, done me. done a toned down version of that a little bit. That's Whoa. a little visceral. Jeez. That's far worse. Yeah, <laughs> in uh, in this world, it, it doesn't do that. It just basically it, it it like kills your brain activity. So you will still like have cardiovascular functions. You're basically just brain dead at that point. What spell is that? 
I think it's uh, Psychic Scream. Psychic Scream. That's what Psychic Scream is. Mm. Interesting. Yes, I, if that had happened, I would definitely not have had that be that visceral. And it, it could have wow. been fixed with just a simple regeneration spell, too. I was, like, crying when that happened, too, because I was like, someone's gonna die, and we worked so hard, and, like, fucking clouds exploded, and Zephyr's about to explode. <laughs> I was so upset. We just bought a we just got married i red flagged this oh my death flagged this all the well god it's my that was my whole brain the whole time oh, well man. speaking of zephyr uh when you guys leave waffle house uh zephyr maybe you're like gathering your your notes together you know reading in front of a mirror you know you have the press conference today and they're setting up a location downtown basically for you to give uh, your speech. The stage is set, there's chairs set out in front and the scrying orbs, the uh, little thopter drones uh, that are recording the event and televising it are, are fluttering about. We see um... you maybe just about as you're about to go on stage and one of the MLE officers hands you your pre-approved written speech. Thanks, pal. Uh, yeah, Zephyr's just probably wearing like a, a suit. Looks would have would she have liked to come with him? Oh, she would have been. Uh, she would have been given one of the seats in the audience. Oh, yeah, okay. Mar Mariah's there. She's there. Mariah. Looks... I said Lux, didn't I? Yeah, you did. It's okay. I oh my god. I know you dream about her. I know you love her. Uh, no, yeah, Mariah, Mariah would be there. Um, Marriage is based on a lie. Hey, you knew about this before we got married. Um, <laughs> that's on you. Um, yeah, Mariah would be there. She'd be wearing like a nice, stunning yellow dress, and yeah, she'd be in the audience waiting. Uh... All right. Oh boy. Well. So, uh, what exactly have they, uh, did someone introduce Zephyr? Yeah, so the news reporters are sort of, you know, on the outskirts saying that the, uh, speech is about to begin and that it's going to be given by a long lost war hero by the name of Zephyr Wesley as they're talking they're gesturing for you to to go up on stage in front of the podium. There are numerous mics attached to it, a filled crowd before you, as well as the eyes of the entire Tenth Kingdom. No, no. pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, Zephyr Mariah will gives, gives you a okay. thumbs up from the crowd. Uh, yeah, Zephyr will take the stage, and force wave. To everyone first. Before before we do, uh, how much context do I have to give? Is there um? So they they didn't say to tell anyone how I got here or why I'm the way I am. Uh, no, because that would imply uh there were some miscalculations with the bomb, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but one of the dead giveaways that there might be miscalculations on the bomb. <laughs> Alright, I'll just read it as written then. Yep, so the as you walk up to the microphones, they, they cut it on. The sound of feedback echoes through the streets. The crowd waits for you to speak. Oh, I have traveled... Well, well, over a hundred years, years from the past, past to offer you all my warmest greetings. As uh, I have lived among all of you, this fine generation, I can say with confidence that the people of my time would be proud to see what all you've achieved. Having one kingdom that unites all the kingdoms of the world and their people was only ever something of a distant hope by my time. And I didn't need to speak for everyone of my generation, but I think we'd all be proud of how far we've come. How far you will come. Despite this, there, there's still some work to be done. The dream of centuries past is still forming. And with that, the MLE is a part of this dream and is a part of the vision. I understand the Emily has gone through some controversies, as everything does. Call it growing pains. But they're taking steps to ensure the future for all. Now, of course, while some might end the speech there, while it's vague, making no promises, they've asked me to announce a new initiative, something to not only secure the 10th kingdom's future, not even the world's, something much larger. As it stands, the Demon King is still out there. What's everyone's reaction? People were murmuring, but now Hush has fallen over the entire crowd even like the reporters are sort of like looking at you not knowing what to say the the thopters are sort of fluttering there and the mle officers like backstage are like whispering to each other like was he supposed to say that he wasn't supposed to say that there there does seem to be a bit of a shock yeah zephyr will continue the bomb I dropped only bought us more time. But in that time, we've made great spans, great leaps, bounds, both technologically and magically, even culturally. In this new age, where our world is more united than ever, even more so united than it was back when we first banished him. United under one cause, we can show him that our reality is one worth fighting for. We will not bow to his existence. We will not stop until he is fully erased. Until he is only a footnote in our history. Thank you all. And uh, Zephyr will bow out. Bryce clapping. Yeah, so uh, as 
Mariah, as you go to clap, just countless reporters start trying to like shove microphones your way. Quickly, an MLE officer like walks onto the stage and not too forcefully, but you could tell it's with intent, goes to escort Zephyr off stage. Yeah, Mariah like pushes the, the microphones out of the way. Thanks, hi, nice to see everyone, gotta go. Uh, and she'll, um, you know, push through the crowd. The Emily captain on duty right now is just looking at you like, I, I can't believe that happened, but it happened. He, he just like shakes his head. Zephyr is as smug as a child who got into the cookie jar. Yeah, and he squints at you and he uh, says... Wait, actually, Zephyr is as smug as Casey is after eating more fruit snacks than she was allowed. Right, right. Sorry. Solid. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was solid. <laughs> Very good, thank you. Yeah, and uh, he, he just, like, squints at you. I hope you've realized what you've done. Oh, well, I think I just saved your department's reputation. And I know what this means. You'll probably have to scale back and maybe leave some of the lower districts less... Ah, what's the word for it? Repressed. But hey, you're an officer, so you'll be doing good work. Just like how we did. He shakes his head at you. Since you're such the expert on the Demon King. You can expect us to be reaching out to you very soon. Zephyr will just go into his coat pocket and just sharply draw, like a sword, swing, just draw his new business card, freshly printed Wesley and Wesley Detective Agency. He, he just takes your your card. He'll give him hope. That's what the people want. I wouldn't call what you just gave them hope. You may have been a hero in your time, but I'm starting to think you would have been best left there. With a bit of a huff, we'll turn from you and walk away. Alright, arrive at that time and hear that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's looking at this guy and it's like, fucking leave, dude. I was already walking this way. No, you was weren't. You ran right into me. It's okay, calm down. Calm down, Mariah. <laughs> You're ready to fucking Down, girl, off. down. <laughs> I'm not gonna let him talk to you like that. Uh, he's Asshole. just mad now. Everyone wanted over. to talk to you though. Went over as well as uh, not well, <laughs> not great. I think that they're all a little shocked. I mean, I, I guess it did go over good then. Uh, you want me to make you invisible? You want to sneak out of here? Excuse me. Like that. Yeah, Mariah will, um, I don't know what I have. But the, oh, the Knight's Edge. Uh, yeah, she'll, like, Knight's Edge it and uh, get them out of there. With that, we're going to, unless you guys had anything else, Ethan, did you have anything else you wanted to do? I think I'll go with that. Okay. We cut to the underground fight ring, uh, which is packed with people. Uh, you hear a lot of excited chatter and uh we see all of you do you guys all show up in your jerseys obviously why were we not oh yeah let's go b 
I mean, I come in my like cheerleader outfit with the pom poms. I brought Lorian, so Lorian technically does not walk in with his. Okay. I don't think Max has ever like been to a BattleBot tournament. But yeah, it's um, it's basically like an underground fight ring. They have like ticket booths where they they hand out uh, various things, and then underground, it's a large stadium with a square ring. Uh, that is just lined with people. There's a big uh, sort of like basketball style four screen thing in the center and also speakers where the announcer will speak from. And then there's also like vendors walking around. Uh, it's like a baseball game. Beverages. It's yeah, just like a baseball game. B would have left Lorian's jersey at like the ticket booth and would have told them like what he looked like and she would have drawn like a really bad picture to be like this is my friend Lorian you should give this to him and she'll like leave the picture of Lorian on top of the jersey and that's how he gets his jersey going through the line the lady like asks each person that comes up are you Lorian no okay here's your ticket are you Lorian no okay here's your ticket and then she could see Lorian she's like are you Lorian yes wait you are yes that's my oh. that's me on the picture. She looks at the picture on her table. She's like, "Okay, well, I have this for you," and she gives you the jersey. Excellent. He'll put on over his own t-shirt. She just waves you back. Your your ticket's already paid for. Go on in. Woohoo! So yeah, you you see the stadium inside, and this square ring uh, is like surrounded by a large cage, and yeah, you see. Be getting ready to ready to enter the ring with her her battle bee. And then you look over into the stands and see your your fellow blades, maybe with a, a seat saved for you. Yeah, I wanna jump up in there. Yeah, so you you join uh Marcus, Zephyr, Mirai, and Halo, and uh as well as Bert. You sneak in just as the the lights are beginning to dim. And I'm going to move you guys over to the map. So there are a lot of tokens on here just because I was trying to fill up the stands. These people aren't actually all here. I just wanted to include the tokens we've used over the course of the campaign. But Diego's Uh, there, right? Is Diego there? Yeah, um, you guys like feel a a tap on your shoulder as as you look up and you see a purple-skinned tiefling dressed as like an elderly grandma, these big glasses and a pearl necklace, and wearing a dress and holding a handbag. So what you're saying is it's from the 2002 Scooby-Doo live-action movie. Yeah, he looks like the grandma from that. So yeah, he, he taps like one of you on the shoulders and he's like, these are pretty good seats, right? What does he tap? Uh, he taps Lorian. He like taps you on the shoulder, Lorian. He's like, these are pretty good seats, right? There's a nice view. What I, I hope I remember him. Do you you look up and uh, do you want to make a insight check? Wait a minute, bam. Okay. Yeah, he like lowers his glasses a little bit and, and smiles and you see like a gold tooth and yeah, it, it looks like Diego but dressed as a grandma. 
was uh been a while it's been a while my friends and he like looks at you guys came to watch uh b's tournament the battle bots hope nobody gets injured or anything oh no i just think it's the, the robots that fight each other uh you all you all see him at this point mariah like waves over and is also just like shakes her head and is thinking like couldn't get a better disguise <laughs> Hey, D, D, A D. You can call me Abuela, if you if you like. I'm not doing that. No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it's it's gonna make it too weird. Um. <laughs> uh, she does get up and and give him a hug though. Yeah, yeah. He like gives you a, j- a hug. His like pearl necklace jangles. <laughs> I want to make sure he doesn't try to steal anything from me. Uh, he's he's not. Good. Well, shit. <laughs> but with that, the two spotlights will fall on either entrance to the arena. One on Augustus with his battle bot. His steel defender, which resembles a large knight-like figure in shining armor, this big sword and shield. And B, the light shines on you as well. Above you guys here, emanating from the speakers. In this corner, we have Augustus and his Mexcalibur. Um, (laughs) Some of the crowd cheers, some of them like clap. And then uh, the spotlight, the TV focuses on B, and in this corner, we have B and her battle B. B's like waving at people. Marais slips you a uh, bardic inspiration. Oh yeah, because she wants she wants to pass that performance check. She's like trying to be a crowd favorite. She's putting her arms up like she's super strong and she's waving at people. Uh, the, the announcer says, Let's find out where they're fighting. The screen will rotate through a bunch of arenas and land on one with two elevated pillars. Uh, And it says, looks Looks like like it's pillars. Uh, And you'll see like the stage begin to like move up and down in various parts. The steel cage like begins to lower your battle bee and Mexcalibur into the arena and if you would, Casey, select Battle B and roll initiative. Rolling initiative. Let's go, B. Destroy the stupid imbecile. Yeah, Caliber gets a six. I got a three. Oh, no. Um, um, uh, you use your bardic inspiration. B can only use bardics on her, and then Battle B has to have bardics on her. I uh, see. Oh. I... I'm devastated by it, honestly. Could I not have given one to B and to Battle B? Yeah, you could have done that. Okay, I would have liked yeah, to have six. done that. Yeah, that's fine. Augustus gives, like, a sneer across the arena at you. Wait, what's my I... bardic? It's a d10. Uh, is this for Battle B or for your performance check? Oh, it's for Battle B. Okay, so that's an eight then. You know, that's okay. Okay. 
uh, going forth, you'll only be able to give one bardic per inspiration per round. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Thank uh, you. So I need contested performance checks between you and Augustus, Casey, to determine the crowd favorite. Let's go. Let's see it. I have a negative two, so. Oh my God. Oh my God. I got a net 20. So that's 18. B does a fucking backflip. Let's uh, fucking go. Do you want to use your, your bardic or no? No, I'll be, I think I won't this time. I feel like I'm going to regret this. You get the oh, 15. Oh my God. I was so scared. Uh, so he's like cheering, like, yeah, I'm Excalibur. And uh, you're, you're just like cheering too loud. Maybe Battle B does like some spinning and breakdancing on the floor. Yeah, and then B does a backflip, and then she yells, your name for your still defender is really lame. I'm really sorry to tell you that. Wait, B does a backflip? Yes. I, I need to see check. an acrobatics check for that, please. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Good thing you saved that bardic inspiration. <laughs> okay. You, you don't do a perfect backflip. You, like, go to do it, and you, like, fall, like, on your stomach, but then you transition it into the worm, and everyone thinks it was, <laughs> was uh, totally planned. That's amazing. 100%. Totally planned. <laughs> the, she has the air knocked out of her. <laughs> All right. So this time, uh, this is sudden death round so your battle bot drops and that's it there's no chance for them to get back up the beginning of each round your performance check determines the crowd favorite uh the crowd favorite can give their construct advantage on one attack roll saving throw or an ability check of their choice oh well yep yep b it is battle b's turn first what would you like to have her do oh i forgot to change again? I forgot to change the map. So the floor below you will begin to shift. Uh, the lighter colored areas are the higher elevation while the darker are the lowest. Uh, okay. So literally, McScalibur is dropped. Oh, he's dropped? Uh, well, he's like lowered. So- um, I know. This, this platform is 20 feet, a 20 foot drop. And then this one is also a 20 foot drop from that one. So he's a okay. total of 40 feet below you. Interesting. How um, many... Additional, sorry, I forgot to mention additional rules for this. Uh, you can do a falling attack, um, transitioning the falling damage into your attack damage. If you hit, if you miss, then you suffer that fall damage. Big yikes. How many charges is Thunderstep? Uh, that would be three. Okay. It's just not on my face. So he's how you said he's forty feet. Uh, well, he's also horizontally forty feet away from you, so he's like forty mm -hmm. feet down and forty feet over. Okay, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna have Battle be moved diagonally onto the nearest platform. Oh, oh yeah, you can totally do that. <laughs> so thirty-five feet there. Yes. How how does um. Uh, you don't have to worry about accounting falling into your movement because you you literally just fall. Uh, you can do a jumping attack down onto the knight. Uh, okay. You deal an additional 46 damage if you hit. Okay, well, what's the falling damage? It would also be 46. Oh, yeah. So let's do it. 
Uh, do you want to give her advantage on this attack? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is going to be from your your one uh, like performance check. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, so go ahead and have her jump down. So she jumps off of the platform and goes to attack McScalibur. By the way, I hate that you named him that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I think... B's like, Battle B, do belly flop. Okay. Oh, please, dear God, let this hit. 26. 26. Uh, 26 definitely hits. Uh, so, yeah, Battle B, like, jumps down. Maybe she does, like, a spinning attack as she, like, falls down. Uh, and her force-powered rend just cuts into Excalibur. You look at Augustus's face as he like, you know, cringes a little bit, like, oh, shake that one off. And uh please roll four d6 as well. 18. So a total of 20 set 29 damage. Yeah. First attack. Oh my god. Uh, that's half of his health. Please, please move Battleby uh within five feet of him. Okay, and then for her bonus action, she's gonna cast Dragon's Breath. Uh, it does require your action to use it, though. Okay, so I could just... Yeah, you can just cast it. Uh, it'd probably be better off waiting until next turn, just because he can attack you and make you drop concentration. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's the end of my turn. Okay. I would like to picture... I know you said that she starts spinning. I want her two front legs to go in front of her and her two back legs to go behind her, and she belly flops, and then she smacks him like a pancake, and then she rolls off and just stands right back up. Uh, sounds good. Uh, next, Scalibur will use his sword to attack you. Uh, so, actually, he's going to use his reaction to do a hellish rebuke against your damage first. Yikes. I need Battleby to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Ooh, three. Uh, that is a fail, so she will take 16 fire damage I have a question. What's up? Uh, can we cheat? <laughs> like, uh, in, what are you theory, trying to in theory, could I have counterspelled? I suppose if you want to. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm going to let B have this on her own. But uh, I'm, I just want to have it in my back pocket just in case. Okay. I feel like I'm um, going to get kicked out for cheating. Um, what a mom also, move. Also, I was on the news earlier today. So maybe I should. <laughs> Um, that'll be she has uh spring loaded dodge right yes but that was a deck save oh so that means she only takes half of that oh okay so spring loaded dodge dodge out of the way quickly when you your near defender is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a deck saving throw to she can only take half damage and instead takes no damage if succeed. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. So, sweet. Okay, so add eight back. Okay, mm -hmm. and then Excalibur's gonna take his attack on you. I'm afraid. Uh, 14. He's really big. Battlebee's uh, AC is... 17. Oh, okay. I would like to picture it. It's just like Battlebee just kind of puts her arms into her body and kind of rolls and dodges it. Perfect. Uh, and that is that is its turn. Okay. Uh, the 
floor begins to shift, go ahead and give me another performance check, please. Mariah, you can toss a bardic to either Battle B or B. Um, I think B still has hers. Correct? Yes, I do. Uh, I'll toss it to Battle B then. Uh, okay. A 13. 13. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you going to use it? Yes, I am. Okay. 21. Not bad. Pretty good. 17. Uh, he's still cheering. He's like, come on, Excalibur, you got this. B tries uh, to do a front flip. Give me an acrobatics check. A 10. <laughs> That's even worse. She just like <laughs> flops on her back and everyone like gasps. And then <sighs> you just like give a thumbs up like you're good. And the, the crowd cheers. They're like, yes. I think she the broke kid. something. <laughs> yeah, They're only like, her pride. He's just trying to have fun and possibly break some bones. Um, that would be Battleby's turn. Holy shit, that was so funny. Okay. What would you say the weight is of Mech's caliber? Probably over 500 pounds. Okay. How how do you determine carrying capacity? Uh, Battleby is not strong enough. Okay, to- I see. But she can still do athletics checks to, like, push him if she wants mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said Thunderstep is three charges? Yeah. Okay. B's going to be like, Battle B, cast enlarge. So B's going to, Battle B is going to just get really, really, really big. She will be kind of, like, hanging off the, do you want to have her move first? Yeah, I'll have her, like, just move around the edge. Okay. She can cast enlarge there. Yes. That's not a concentration, is it? It yeah. is. Okay. Damn, I really hope I don't fail that. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of my turn. Okay. Uh Mexcalibur, it is its turn. Uh seeing how its sword didn't work, you will see its palm shoot out towards you and a, a compartment opens as it will send out a flaming sphere. Okay. Uh, so this flaming sphere begins spinning and rams it into Battleby. Freaking rude. Uh, Battleby needs to make another dexterity save. Oof, a six. Um, uh, so that is a fail. Shit. What was the save for that? Uh, you don't know. I'm going to take it. Battleby okay. does have the bardic. I'm more concerned with keeping enlarge up because I have like a combo I want to do, but I can only do it if I have a large up. Okay. And I hope that would kill whatever that mech mecha knight. Jesus Christ. Mech's caliber. Jesus Christ. It's pretty bad. I'll admit. Mech caliber. Yes. It's really bad. I understand guys. (laughs) Okay. Give me that damage. Uh, so this is also a deck save. So she takes half. Yes. Uh, Battleby takes four damage. And then I got to do a con save. Yes, yes. I'm going to be so upset if she For Battleby. Yes. Oh, I'm using my Bardic. Okay. 15. All right. Uh, and that is Excalibur's turn. Holy shit, that was so scary. Okay. Uh, it's the beginning of the next round. Things uh, are heating up. No. I'll toss Battleby <laughs> another Bardic. Okay. I only have two left. Uh, B, you also used your bardic for the performance, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. A three. 
I'll use a luck point though. Yeah, you can use a luck point. I will get a zero and okay. use another luck point and get a 15. Okay. Jesus uh, Christ. Augustus will also make one and get a 15. That's a roll off. Uh, roll again, Casey. Roll, roll. An eight. 21. Ugh. Wow. What a, what a Bitch. Shit. He's like, you get him. You get him, Excalibur. You got you look, this. You Use look really ugly ball. when you yell. Shut up. I'm not talking to you. You're spitting everywhere. Uh, That is Battleby's turn. Uh, She's starting within five feet of the flaming sphere. Oh, so I need another fuck. deck save. Okay. A five. Uh, that is another fail. Uh, She will take... Another three damage. Okay. And then I gotta do that con. Same. Yep. A 20. Yep, he's fine. It's time. B, like, gets really serious, and she, like, tries to look Augustus in the eyes and is like, Battle B, use Thunderstep. Um, so it's gonna have to make a con save. Um, uh, Excalibur gets a 17. I think Your spell save DC is 17. Ah, oh, damn. So 3d10 thunder damage. Okay. That's fine. I'll still take that. 25. So 12 damage. Okay. Ugh. And I need, I'm need. i having her move. Um. Can she land up well, on the she, top? Well, she teleports, right? Using thunder step? Oh, it is a teleport. Yeah. Yeah, you sure do. So I would like for her to be on top of the pillar. Okay. I'm so sad it freaking made that check. <laughs> Ugh, that was my lead up. Okay. Yep. I think that's maybe the end of my turn. Okay. Uh, McScalber is going to move back and he's just going to move his flaming spear there. It can't get up to you. And he is going to clap his hands together and pull them apart as a flame begins to form uh, and he sends it up in your direction as a fireball explodes on Battleby. What the hell? I need Battleby to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. This. I like grab Zephyr's I, I imagine she's kind of sitting between Zephyr Ooh. and Marcus and is like should I should I uh so I, you can't you cannot see McScalibur from your your point of view right now. You can only yes. see him on the screens. Oh, that's right. I have can't I, see him. Have I used Battleby's next Bardic? I was looking no, I to see. I, I don't think you have because okay. yeah, I don't think you have because you didn't use it on your deck save. Okay, I then gave yes. it to you and then yeah. Oh fuck! Okay. You can reroll that. I can reroll. Sorry, it. I didn't mean to. Scream no, you're that. good. <laughs> A six, so ooh, eleven. Yikes. Uh, it's not eleven; it's thirteen. I'm sorry, I can't do math. <laughs> but uh, thirteen is not enough. Uh, you'll still take half damage though. So a fireball explodes on Battleby, and she takes twelve fire damage. Okay. Not bad. Could be worse. Uh, and that's the end of that turn. Ugh. Uh, the battlefield shifts once more. Thoughts, um. The, the the battle one B battle B that battle B uh I'll toss a, a bardic to that that battle B. All right, please give me a performance check B. B is not gonna do any flips this time. 
Okay. She's just going to keep waving at people. 11. He gets a five. Hell yeah. Uh, so B, uh, your battle B is the crowd favorite, and it is your turn. Wait, the map has been adjusted? Yep, the map has been adjusted. Okay. Would I be able to attack next caliber if he's that far away? Uh, not with a jumping attack. Uh, I'd say, though, she if she makes a, like, a DC 10 acrobatics check, she should be able to move diagonally across here. A DC 10? Yeah, DC 10 acrobatics check. Okay. I'll do that. And don't forget, you can give her... I got a nat okay. 20, thank nat you, 20, and good night. Yep, yeah, she can move normally and get to the square, no problem. Okay, so she goes up to the other pillar closest to her, and she'll do a jumping rend attack, I guess. Uh, so she'll... yeah, so she jumps down the massive battle bee and goes to rend. Uh, don't forget, you can give battle bee uh, an advantage. A 16? 16 does not hit. <clears throat> Wait, there's a. I have a Bardic, right? No. Uh, Battleby has a Bardic. Yeah, okay. Battleby's Battleby fucking using that Bardic. A one. Does a 17 hit? You re roll. Re -roll I re roll. Okay, a 22 okay. does hit. Okay. Uh, and then God, roll an additional so 2d6 for the falling damage. And because of enlarge, it's in. The uh, damage deals an extra d4. d4. Okay, so roll 2d6 and a d4. We don't, no we don't do ones or twos on Bardic's. Unless you get it the second time you roll it, then I can't do anything about that. But the first time, yes. <laughs> it's 13 plus 6, so 19. How does Battleby finish Excalibur? Oh my god, Battleby does another belly flop. <laughs> and then um, I think Battleby will roll off the top of Mex Mexcalibur and just like fucking suplex him perfect so yeah a bunch of sparks uh start erupting from excalibur augustus like falls to his knees like clutching his face like no 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 i can't lose he's and, on the uh, other end like yes <laughs> suplex uh, him and um the announcer over the uh loudspeakers will announce and Battleby is our BattleBot champion! Uh, everyone cheers, and Augustus is just like having his anime antagonist moment, like eye twitching. And yeah, he, what, what do you do? Made it um, through anime that day. <laughs> I think, I hate that I'm doing this. I want B to try to do another backflip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since it's over, I'm 21. Like, you land the backflip, B. <laughs> Are you gonna do a backflip ever? Do a backflip off the bleachers. You know what? I think this will uh, speak for itself. The 19. Yes, do a backflip. Not off as the cool bleachers. as B's B's victory backflip, but it's still. Oh a solid yeah, no, of course he can't show her up. Yeah, yeah. her victory backflip. I would never. My... Um. So yeah, you you're raised from the the ring with Battleby, uh, and you know Bert runs over to you, gives you a big hug, and he says, "You you did so good. I I know you could do it." B is crying, and there is the, again the generic kid cry where there's like snot everywhere, and she's like, "I did it! I did it, Dad! I did it!" <laughs> um. So yeah, Bert, you know, congratulates you. Um. What do you guys do? Uh, everyone else in the stands. Yeah, uh, here. 
Uh, yeah, erupting cheering. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheering, very agreeable. Yeah, B. What do you What do you do? Uh, well, I think B wants to go hug everyone, and she'll be like, "Did you guys see that? Yeah, that was awesome. Dude, we did saw it. that. That was awesome. You did it, kid. I did it. Oh, I thought it was. I don't know. I was kind of afraid. It was really big. Oh no. You kicked that thing's ass. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. The fireball had me worried. It had me worried too. I was going to cheat. Oh. Well, I figured it was better for you to do it on your own. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I would have. I appreciate the thought of you cheating for me. You know, it's it's probably better that I didn't, but I was going to totally. Thanks. Um. Well, thanks guys for coming. I um I just need to pick some like um uh I'm gonna go like just get my stuff from the back and I'll meet you guys out front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's See you cool. out front. Yeah, um, and then I was thinking you guys could just come over for a movie. Awesome. I mean, if you guys don't have plans. No, I'm in. I'm good. You suffer? No, I'm I'm Peachy. Caused a media storm, put a lot of weight on the Emily. Yeah. It no. was good. It was really good. I saw that on the I saw that earlier. Lorian, are you okay to come for a movie? Depends the movie. Psycho. Hmm. I mean, if good, it's on TV. Good choice. I mean, it might not be I'm on sure TV. Old enough for those kind of movies. She's 30. Three. Three. Oh yes. Uh all right, let's go watch that movie. Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll meet you guys out front. I'm just going to go run in the back and get my stuff and get Battleby out of the ring. On your way uh, to the back, the you will pass a child as they're holding their own very little battle bot. Uh, and though it's not working, you see, like, a couple of sparks come from it. You see they're, they have, like, the little triangle flag that says battle be on it oh oh hey you made this uh-huh well this is so good you just um you almost have it look and she's gonna like open the little paneling with the wiring and just be like look you just need to do these two things and she's just kind of kind of like shift the i mean i don't know how electricity this is not how you <laughs> do things but she's gonna be like look you just move these things and she'll move a, a few parts around mm-hmm yeah, and as you do that, it sparks to life, and uh, its eyes, like, blink and stands up, and just the amount of amazement on her eyes as she, like, looks up at you. You almost had it. I did. Thank you. Yeah, maybe you'll be able to enter sometime. Maybe when you're older. I, I hope so. I think you'll do really good. And uh, yeah, she'll like pick it up and like put it on her shoulder and it sits there dangling its legs. That's cute. But yeah, you you go to the back to collect your things and sort of like brooding in there, leaning against one of the lockers is Augustus. As you walk in, he's just looking at the floor, his arms crossed. We will get her stuff out and then go up to him and be like, hey. Looks at you. Good round out there. She'll put her hand out. He looks at your hand. I can't believe you beat me. I mean, I don't know. It was a really good fight. 
he narrows his eyes at you like what's that supposed to mean it was a really good fight like you put up a good fight i don't know why you're trying to look too deep in this aren't you the one with like the proper education he looks at your hand and reaches out and grabs a good good fight i guess good fight you did a really good job you you too yeah thank you that's the first time you've really ever said anything nice to me honestly i just didn't expect you to be able to beat me well i'm i'm glad to prove you wrong and maybe we could just have a few rounds for fun for practice later yeah sure for fun yeah and uh i'm assuming battleby is like with you uh yes currently mcscalibur's like leaning against the lockers sort of like a broken uh you can see he like was trying to make some minor repairs but it's still broken and uh he just looks at your battleby and he's like i you just made that yourself you didn't pay anyone to do that for you no it just i mean i don't know i just think it's really interesting and it just it just feels right you should probably go with your friends then are you okay yeah i'm okay Okay. You see he's like biting his lip. He, you can see it's just like tearing him up that he lost, but he knows it's he knows why he lost. Well, um, if you ever need any help, I can show you a few things. You show me how to he like looks at his broken down machine. Um I I'd like that. Okay. Yeah. Um don't take this weirdly. Here's my phone number. He like looks at it. He's like, ew, a landline? You still use those? I will not help you. Oh, okay. He like takes it. <laughs> what do you mean still use those? What do you use? Just radio stones? Yeah. Regular radio stones. Wow. Okay. Here's my landline. He takes okay. it. And let me know when you need any help. Nuts. Be- okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, you get out of here. I'm gonna fix this. And he like looks at it. Yeah. I mean, I don't expect you to need help, right? I mean, I guess. Oh. Okay, give me a moment. We will. Well, you don't. You don't have to help me out right now. I can. I mean, it literally it. can't move. I I can get it taken back to my place. But, That's really um, sad. Here, hold on. Let me at least like get it rolling. Okay. Yep. So you uh, begin to mend it, uh, putting the pieces back together. The eyes flicker to life, and it like groans slightly and sits up. And yeah, Augustus just like is baffled and he's like, I can't believe you actually know how to do that stuff. The pats, I guess, the shin of this robot because it's so, I guess, really tall. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, there, there, buddy. You must be, you must feel it, huh? Well, um, maybe if you wanted to, like, I don't know, get dinner and you could show me some stuff. You know, just, just to have dinner and show me stuff. Not, like, in a weird way. Why don't you call my landline and you can ask me? He leaves. Okay. You just leave him standing there and he looks at Excalibur and it's just like, he just says like, shut up, even though the thing doesn't even talk and it just like shrugs at him. Uh, but yeah, you, you leave, meet everyone outside and go watch a movie at Bert's place. Maybe that's the the shot that we see you guys just all sitting in front of the screen uh, on the couch or various places around the living room. Pepper, Bert, Carlos, Lorian, Zephyr, Halo, Mirai, Marcus, Battleby, and B all just sitting. I didn't, did I forget anyone? I said Halo, so. Okay. Yeah, he's very hard to keep track of for me. Uh, but yeah, we just see you guys sitting in various orientations as you guys watch the television, the light flickering on your faces. And on that, the, the scene will fade and transitions. It's sort of like in this silent style where no one talks, you just see their actions. We see Halo packing up his books and school supplies, ready to start college once more. And Rain runs into his room and hugs him goodbye. We see Fitz in the potion factory, managing the goblins when Ellie walks in. She gives him a very stern look and appears as if she's going to reprimand him, then smiles and presents him with his very own dark blue witch hat similar to hers. Fitz's eyes water and all of the goblins cheer as Ellie promotes him to potion maker. We see in Mr. Green's a lonely table featuring a chessboard with a queen and bishop piece, while Mr. Green is seen polishing glasses in the background. We see Fiona firing her gun in a shooting gallery, her pistols bursting with arcane energy as her mother walks up behind her, puts on her goggles and smiles, taking a position and joining her daughter in the gallery. We see Philip sitting alone in isolation in his holding cell, awaiting trial for his crimes. We see Bao Jean standing in the Golden Empire treasury, looking over paperwork and managing her vast collection of gold. We see Diego in the Badlands, conducting his scams and weaving illusions in his crystal ball as he provides fake fortunes. We see Balthazar walking in a dazzling crystal-lined cave as one of the crystals appears to move. A small crystal hermit crab reveals itself and Balthazar smiles at it. We see Anubis beginning to organize his room, finally removing it of clutter as Evander leans against the door frame and smiles approvingly. We see Bert is cooking at the grill, wearing a kiss the cook apron while Shunwei holds plates ready for burgers. Carlos brings him over a drink and is almost knocked over by Pepper who drops a wrench at their feet Bert picks up the wrench and tosses it away for Pepper to chase. We see Speechless walking alone on the streets in the rain as someone gasps in shock at her appearance. 
She sighs as a bus passes in front of her, and her form is replaced with that of an average Joe, while the figure's reflection in the puddle still resembles speechless. We see Navris playing the piano as her fingers glide across the keys, her eyes raising slightly to look at the bottled flower atop it as she gives a slight smirk. We see McBucket sitting reclined atop his submarine, the rusty guppy sleeping while his fishing line tugs slightly. Uh, we see Officer Lux reporting to a crime scene, the MLE lights flashing red and blue as she speaks into a radio stone. We see children walk by in a museum, passing a photograph of Einstein and the reality bomb. We see Chariot, Skitter, and Viridescence stand atop a tall building at night, celebrating another successful mission. And lastly, we see at the heart of the world, a lone grave resting, inscribed with the name Nicholas and the words, I believe because it is absurd. And that's where our session will end. Thanks for listening to another episode of Radio D&D. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Radio DD Pod, and make sure to check out Drawforth Arts on Instagram. They created our podcast cover art and did an absolute amazing job. If you liked what you heard, please rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Join us next time on Radio D&D. Uh, what did you guys think? I had a blast with it. I'm um, sad it's over. I am yeah. too. I have oh. a question about the reminder. Mm-hmm. The reminder's currently in the belly of a beast. Yep. Big whale. Big whale. What was Nicholas's plan for his younger self or any form of person to retrieve that lifeboat uh, so the capsule had a timer on it which it would have returned to the uh reality at the same location after a given amount of time it was oh. supposed to be synced with uh the reality bomb detonating and arrive just as nicholas appeared in the uh the chamber containing the philosopher's stone but balthazar had a whale eat it instead <laughs>